0: But every time I think I'm finishing with that, I'm going to work on a new series. I have a couple more things that the Lord speaks to me about. And, and one of those things is, um, is, is something very important. I've kind of touched on it for the last couple of weeks. is about your thought life, okay? Your thought life is your thought life, right? Like, wow, Pastor, that is profound. Your thought life is your thought life. You can control your thought life. Can everybody hear me? Okay. You are in charge of your thought life. Now, there are thoughts and, and ideas that come into your thought life that, that aren't your thoughts. And sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad. But as we've talked about this, talking about abiding in Jesus and talking about staying in the word of God and, and being, letting our minds be transformed, because the Bible says the mind without God basically thinks about death and how to destroy one another. I mean, think about this. We, we are ever learning and technology. I mean, how many of you know what an iPhone is? How many of you have seen an iPhone? How you don't care about iPhones? <laughs> but, but think about, I mean, think about, I mean, I love, like, I love, uh, when I was a kid, I used to like Star Trek and Star Wars and all that stuff. And, and I'm still kind of a, I like Star Trek. I, I like the story. And so, do you, do you remember that the little communicators? Remember that little thing, you know, psh, enterprise. Remember that? None of you. Oh, Lord, help me today. Remember they have like a little tricorders and all this stuff and all, and think about that. Now all of you have like a little communicator. You flip open, in fact you don't have to flip open your phones anymore. I mean that thing is so cool. Think about that. So we're always increasing in knowledge but yet we're still destroying one another. We're still lying to each other. We're still, we're still corrupted. And so what happens is if our thought process is unchecked, it gets out of balance, right? And even as believers, every once in a while, we have to realign our thought process. You hear me? So today I want to talk about this, because here it is in Romans 12, 1 and 2. It says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Verse 2, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your what? Your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is His good, pleasing, and perfect will. The mind is a powerful thing. Amen? Come on. And so this morning I want to help you because you see, our society is trying to erode and corrupt your mind. Would you agree? Come on. The society around us, the world system, is trying to erode and corrupt and change your thought process. They are downloading every day, if, if, and I could say that, they're trying to change your operating system, as you computer people know. Every day when you turn on the TV, every day you read the paper, every day you go to work, every day you, you listen to the radio, every day you're on the internet, it's constantly trying to upload its software into your mindset and change who you are. Some of it's good, but a lot of it's not good. In fact, it's to the point now that I'm shocked and and I've met people who who they said once, when we were young and growing in the Lord that they loved Jesus and now they don't even acknowledge Him anymore. They say, no, I've I've lost it. I don't even believe it. In fact, I don't even believe that Bible anymore. Why? Because they allowed the world to upload its software into their minds. And they begin to think about the things now. And, and, And so what I want to say is, as believers also, we must believe that the Word of God is true. Remember, Lawrence said earlier, God does not lie. His word does not lie. His word does not change. And you see, because of all this knowledge and all this, we we think we're smart, we think we're intelligent, we think we can outwit God. We can't outwit God. And we have this concept, well, well, hey, because we're progressing, because knowledge is progressing, God should progress. No, he doesn't progress. He doesn't gain anymore because he knows everything. Everything. He is God. He doesn't need to progress. He's not becoming a better God. He has always been God. Do you understand what I'm saying? So all this new age thought, this relativism, all this stuff comes into and it creeps into all the teachings that you hear and see, whether they're Christian or on the radio or the TV, and your friends tell you, well, you know, hey, man, God is not such a bad guy. He's changing. God says, I do not change. He, he doesn't like, he didn't realize, oh, wow, cell phones. Wow. I wish I would have come up with that. Oh, man, I could have made a lot of money from Apple. Oh, no, God knew that we would do that. He gave you and I the ability. And so what happens is we begin to think, hey, I'm, I don't need God anymore. I'm smart. You see, that's the problem is the enemy begins to upload and begins to mess with your brain, right? Again, we talked about the tragedy. I'm not going to mention the guy's name, but the guy that went to the naval yard shooting. Remember, he said he heard voices. And he said the vibrations. And why is that? Because he was hearing the voice of the enemy. And I told you this, I'm going to tell you this again. As a chaplain with the police department, as a pastor, I have talked to many people and they say, I hear voices. And the first thing I begin to do is I begin to pray for them. I say, I rebuke those voices in the name of Jesus. I tell them, don't listen to those voices when they say, they're trying to tell me to destroy something. They're trying to. I say, don't listen to that voice. That is not from God. And you see, there's voices coming to us all the time, right? And so the mind, listen, the mind is the battlefield. Not only your heart, but the devil is attacking your mind. In, in the sense of a military, in, in sports, I remember this. and I, I was a horrible wrestler in junior high. I mean, I was this chubby little boy... Man, I could, I mean, I, junior high was awful. Remember that, some of you, middle school, junior high? That was an awful, at least for the guys. Some of you ladies, you're like, you're pretty, and, and, you're, and, you're, and you're smart, and some of us guys are still like, you know, uh, uh, you know. And so, so I was a junior higher, and I wrestled one year, and it was horrible because I got beat most of the time. And the reason I got beat, and I wish, man, I had the knowledge I have today back then, was because I'd psyched myself out that that other person was going to beat me. I wasn't that good. But I had the moves, the teaching, the coaches taught me. And every time I'd see that guy, it's like, oh, he's just about this much. Oh, I'd sit there because my match was always towards the end of the night. I was heavier, you know, heavier, And so I was not heavyweight. I was down right near the heavyweight guys. And I'd sit there and watch and I'd see that other guy and he's like looking at me, you know, the stare down. And I'm like trying to be tough with him. And I'm like, yeah, he's got a tougher stare down. Oh, oh. And so you think, you know, I was doing this all in my mind. I was looking tough on the outside. I'm like. But on the inside I was defeated already. And we'd wrestle and guess who would lose? Why? Because in my mind I saw this guy as six foot five, he like muscles bolting. He wasn't. He was as flabby as I was. And one day, finally, I just and it was too bad it was the end of the year, I finally grasped why am I allowing myself to get beat? And so there was this other guy that said, I'm not going today I'm not doing it. so. I was, I was the stair down, I had it down that day. Other guys staring at me now, I'm staring, and I could tell I was getting to him. I'm like, I'm gonna beat you, man. I didn't point, you know, like today's rude. I, I was like, I'm gonna beat you, man. I'm gonna beat you that whole time. And guess what? I beat him. Because it was a mindset. And then, of course, yeah, you know, I played sports in high school and, and all that. And it was the same thing. Whenever our coach said, if you go out there wondering if you're gonna win, you've lost the match. And you see, the enemy is always attacking you, saying, You're not gonna win. You're going to fail today at work. Your relationships are going to fall apart. You're going to lose everything. You're a loser. And guess what you start doing? Oh, I'm a loser. I'm going to lose everything. And the devil's like, yes, sucker. You're weak. And you've got to start saying, no, I'm not weak because I'm a child of God. Amen? Amen? Yes, hard times come. Yes, bad things happen. But you can get up because Jesus is overcome. We sang those songs for a purpose today. He has overcome. And so the first thing is this. The mind is a battlefield. The first thing is what you need to know. The mind is a battlefield. 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5. 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power. What kind of power? Divine power to demolish strongholds. To do what? Come on, church, you've got to respond. Demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought, every thought to make it obedient to Christ. You see, we live in a physical world and we live in an intellectual world, but we also live in a spiritual world. And I know sometimes, and it's sad in the church, that we get all, oh my goodness, know, do 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 Oh, the pastor's going to talk about spiritual warfare and speaking it. that. I don't, I don't agree with that. I don't care if you agree with that. It's happening. Yeah. If the, the Lord would open your eyes, you would see these warring angels around this building right now with, with splendor and armor. I mean, I wish I could see them, but I know they're out there because the Word talks about it. The Bible even says that you have a guardian angel. With you, and you don't see anybody. but he, maybe there's a couple. For some of you, maybe there's a lot of them. Because the way you drive on 270, I've seen you drive. You know that old saying, don't go faster than your guardian angel? Right? You know, So, so we're like, oh, but see, it's so weird because our society says, well, I believe in aliens, ooh, you know, Elvis is still alive. But when we talk about angels and God, they're like, oh, that can't exist. Who is that? That's the devil. You see, there are angels all about. In fact, the Word says that we can command angels to do the work of God, to protect us. We live in a physical, intellectual, and a spiritual world, whether you agree with it or not. And the first thing is this. It says, the, the mind is a battlefield. Letter A, what you need to know. Underneath that, the, Satan is our enemy. Write that down. Satan is our enemy. Or the devil is our enemy. Okay? The pastor is not your enemy. President Obama is not your enemy enemy george bush is not your enemy the democrats are not your enemy the republicans are not your enemy now the enemy can use all those people he can even use us but we are not the enemy look at the other person next to you i'm not the enemy say them. you're not the enemy so who is the enemy the devil and I don't want to belabor this too much, but I'm sick and tired of the church falling in. Well, you got to be a Republican, or you got to be a Democrat, you got to believe with them, or you know, we are God's people. The enemy is Satan, not people. Amen. So now again, also part of this is, in fact, Ephesians six twelve. It says, "For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms." Muslims are not the enemy. Oh, that was a little less amen. Hindus are not the enemy. Africans are not the enemy. Latinos are not the enemy. White folk are not the enemy. Asians are not the enemy. Islanders are not the enemy. Humans are not the enemy. Do you understand what I'm saying? But we get so caught up in our little world and we hear on the news and Facebook and Twitter and all the posts and we're like, oh, you can you believe? He said, by the way... You should know, everything on the internet is not true. You better check it I don't know how many times I have family and friends, well-meaning, post something on the internet, and I'm thinking, no way, that's not true. And I go and look it up, and it's not true. (laughs) But Because someone else said it was true, then it was on the internet, right? The mind is a battlefield. Listen, Listen to this. The enemy is working overtime to control your mind, your kid's mind, your family's mind, the church's mind. Second Corinthians four, four. how do I know this? The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the, of the glory of Christ who is the image of God. You see that? And so what happens is as humans, as Christians, we think, I've got the knowledge, I've got the truth. If I just take the Bible and I just beat them over the head and I argue and tell them how stupid they are, how foolish they are, in the name of Jesus, they'll get saved. Hallelujah! No, it will not Get the next scripture. Here's what the Bible says. And the Lord's servant should not beat people up. Huh. I, I added, that was a Stan Nelson translation. The Lord's servant must not quarrel. Instead, he must what? Be kind. You're, you're such an atheist fool. No. You're a Democrat. You're a Republican. No. He must be kind to everyone. Able to teach, not resentful. When people lash out at you, they're not lashing out at you. They're lashing out at God. And so you don't need to take it personal. I know sometimes they're like, Wait, Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. What did you just say? Whoa, whoa, whoa. The Bible says not to be resentful. Those who oppose Him, He must gently instruct in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth, and that they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil. Who has taken them captive? The devil. So beating people up with intellectual arguments, you're not going to win them. Now, however, if gently you say, hey, think about this. But you see, because when you're like, how many of you get things across? How many of you solve problems by arguing? Some of you say, I do, every time I argue, I win. Okay, let me help you out. You're not winning every time you have to beat people down with words. Because they just, they might, they might acquiesce to you, but they just want you to get out of their face is what they're doing. Parents, we're guilty, aren't we? And when we start yelling, I'm getting the, the angry dad voice or the angry mom voice or, or the loud Christian voice, you have lost the argument. The mind is a battlefield. The enemy is taking people captive and he is slowly working on you every day. Facebook post, the Washington Post, the Frederick News Post, Christian magazines, so-called Christian people, Right? Things that are just a little askew, they're a little bit off, and so the devil's working diligently. So let her be. Let me talk about this. What is a stronghold? Basically, the scripture talks about strongholds as like a. Think about this. Back in the day of castles and keeps, it was a, it was a, a keep where it was it was like there were uh, parapet walls and there were like archers and, and 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 maybe they had a moat. And so what it says is the Bible says there are strongholds in your mind, good and bad. And what happens is, is when kids know, kids know of right, right and wrong as they grow up, they begin to learn wrong and right. And, and so, and so they know that there are certain things that they shouldn't do, but when they're, when that stronghold, when the good stronghold has begun to be eroded by the corruption of society, it's okay to steal, it's okay to lie, it's okay to have premarital sex. Pretty soon that gets eroded, it gets eroded to the point that that stronghold is gone. And they can cross over that line. And so there are good strongholds in our eyes that we have to keep up. Parents, you must encourage them. No, uh, no, you can't do that. You can't say that you, no, that's wrong or this is right. And so you have to continue to build that that stronghold to keep it strong. Amen. So there's two types of strongholds. One is godly strongholds. Psalm 18:2. Let it be what is a stronghold. There are two types. Godly strongholds. The, the Lord is my rock. My fortress, my deliverer, and, and my God is my rock in whom I take refuge. He is my shield and is, and is uh, the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. When you're tired and weary, when you don't have the answers, run to God. When you're confused, run to God. When the devil beats you up, run to God. When the world is, has, has made you, I don't know what I'm believing, go to God. Say, God, you're my fortress, you're my stronghold. You are my strong tower. Philippians four seven it says, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. When you feel like your heart is about to bust. And believe it or not, you and I, we all feel stress, and I know my stress I I know my stress signals. And when I start feeling that stress, I'm like, I, I can't do this, then I run to God. I say, God, I need your peace right now because my heart's beating too fast, or something else. I know that I you gotta run to God. Say, I can't I can't control this, Father. I, I need peace. Amen. But there's now a bad stronghold. This is demonic strongholds. Now, listen to me, okay? I'm not trying to scare you. Demonic strongholds are not demonic possession. What happens, though, is you give a foothold to the enemy. So demonic strongholds, listen, they, they are things that are thoughts that are not of God, but you keep feeding that thought. You just keep putting a little seed in that. It's, it's like, again, weeds. How many of you love weeds in your lawn? Can you imagine someone having nice rose bushes, nice lawn, but there's a little section of weeds, and they keep just they let the weeds do what they want. They keep watering the weeds. That's a stronghold. And you see, in our minds, some of us we, we say, "Well, that's just a that's just an indiscretion, Pastor. Come on, that's just a it's just a little thing I do every once in a while. Come on, come on, Pastor. But get off, get off me. That's a stronghold. And if if you know about weeds, if you don't stop those weeds, what do they begin to do? They begin to spread. And that stronghold, if you don't stop that stronghold, it begins to grow. It begins to get higher and fortifies to the point that it can control your life. And so you got to be careful. you got to say, are these thoughts from God? And you see the scripture, again, this is not demonic possession. The scriptures are pretty evident that there are no believers who are demon-possessed. Okay, The spirit of God and the spirit of Satan cannot exist in one person. Do you understand that? I don't know your background. Not saying, oh my goodness, pastor's going to talk about that. I don't like talking about that. Hey, man, I don't care if you like it or not. People are demon possessed because they open themselves up to it. It happens, so you need to clean house. Let me give you, let me give you spiritual warfare one on one. If you meet a demon, possessed how do I know possessed? you will know they're demon possessed because they're cursing God and 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 it makes a person that used to be nice all of a sudden violent, and they have voices that. Like a, a female, and has has this deep man's voice. Mm, that's not your voice, is it, Sally? Um, I'm going to rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Or they have supernatural strength that they never had before, this little lady or this little teenage boy. I mean, I've experienced this. You're like, oh, no, pastor, freaking me out. I don't want to hear this. You need to hear about the real world. 101, here it is. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Sometimes you have to say it multiple times. I command you to stop in the name of Jesus. That's the second word. I rebuke in the name of Jesus. I command in the name of Jesus. I command you to leave in the name of Jesus. This person in the name of, don't talk, what's your name? Hey, what's your favorite color? Don't do that stuff. Just cast the thing out. Well, I don't believe in that, Pastor. Oh, it's a weird church. I don't, I'm gonna hide. And you just let the devil defeat you. It happens. I know in the intellectual world, we're intellectual, we don't, we don't believe in that, but I believe in aliens, woo. Okay, there's a disconnect. There is demonic, and it, it, it does happen, and there are people, and I have dealt with it even at this church a couple times. You have authority through Christ Jesus to overcome, amen? So now let me get back on strongholds, okay? Strongholds are thoughts that we are preoccupied with, that we allow the devil to have in our lives, okay? So let me move on, Let us see. Tearing down the strongholds. Tearing down the strongholds of your mind, okay? Listen, a lot of times it's because of rebellion. And we say, oh, that's just an indiscretion. I just do that little thing here and there, you know. It's, it's a rebellious attitude. It's a rebellious action. Ephesians 4, 26, here it is. If in your anger do not sin, do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. This is the premise I'm talking about. If you, well, we're, we are always angry. That's just my mom was angry, my dad's angry. I'm angry. That's a foothold. Well, whatever, you can name any excuse, but the first weapon to tear down a stronghold is first deal with your rebellion, but you do it by the weapons of the Word of God. The weapons of the Word of God. John eight thirty one thirty two 32. To the Jews who, were, who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You see, the Bible will set you free. Jesus tells us the knowledge of God and His truth in us will renew our minds. He will help you to break through the strongholds, whatever they are, fear, whatever they are. And then we must only not only believe the Word of God, that it is infallible. It, the, the Bible has no errors. There's no loopholes. There's no, there's no fallacy. I have read this Bible every year. I try to read the Bible through every year. I, sometimes I do it, sometimes I don't. But I have never found an error. I have found my misunderstanding... I've found mankind's misunderstanding, but there are no loopholes. There are no errors. There are no inconsistencies in the Bible. They all align for the purpose of God. Do you understand that? So you have to believe the Word of God. And then, here's what you must do. I know this is basic, and, and, but you need to get back to it. You need to have personal Bible study daily. If you watch the Internet, you watch TV shows, you listen to music. You read the newspaper. You must read the Bible daily. Now, there are a couple days when you have to get up early before God gives up. You've got to be at the meeting at 4 a.m. and you didn't have time. That's okay. But you've got to stick with it. You've got to pick it up the next day or you've got to get in the Word because the Word of God is life. Amen? It's the bread of life. We talked about that a few weeks ago. Secondly, then, is that you must come to Bible study. You must go to Sunday school class. You must come to church because the preaching and teaching brings the Word of God. And remember, hearing comes by what? Faith comes by hearing, and the hearing comes from the Word of God. So your faith increases the more you hear preaching, the more you hear teaching, the more you apply it, the more you study the Bible, the more your faith increases. Isn't that awesome? But the less you do that, the less your faith, your faith begins to die. If you work every Sunday, then you need to say, "God, help me be free so that I can be free on Sundays." I work every Sunday, and I'm here because that's what I do. I love doing. It. Even if I didn't work on Sundays and I, I was doing something else, I we call ministry. I would be at church. Now I understand. I remember I was in sales and I used to have to leave early. And I, oh man, the restaurant business. I used to have to just miss church all altogether when I was in restaurant business. But I say, like, God, get me out of these things. Get me because I want to be able to worship together. I, I want to be able to have fellowship. I need to grow. And he answered those prayers. So so you may have a great job, but maybe God has a better job. Amen? amen? Come on, amen? Then you've got to read books. You have to have a spiritual growth plan. Every one of us in, in January, most of us, we like, I'm going to stop this, I'm going to stop that, I'm going to eat healthier. Then you also say, I've got to spiritually have a growth plan. You should try to read a, a Christian book once a month on top of your Bible. You should have a spiritual growth plan. Amen? So, So let me keep talking about this. Prayer. Corporate worship, uh, prayer and praise, uh, again, I know sometimes our worship is vast and there. Well, we don't sing hymns like we used to. Then sing the songs that we sing. Amen? Amen. Oh man, I, 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 Pastor Stan, your voice is too high. I'm sorry I'm a tenor. I can't help it. That's just the way God made my voice. So it's very hard for me to sing baritone. I can't lead songs in baritone very long. I can't sing an so outro. For more than five seconds. I'm a tenor. I'm going to lead worship in a tenor voice. The ladies might be a soprano or an alto. Like I said, don't let that distract you. Just say, man, God, I've got to come into your presence. I don't care what song they're singing. I don't care what key it's in. I am going to worship you because worship opens your spirit to God. It opens your mind to God. And you miss out when you're like, well, I don't like it. I don't like it. The devil's like, yes. Yes, sucker. <laughs> You're missing out. And you guys got to say, you know, devil, you're not going to control my worship today. Amen? You need to go to God. You need to have corporate worship. You need to be accountable. That was said earlier today. You have to be accountable to someone. So what's the answer? Continue seeking truth. How do you break some more strongholds? Continue seeking truth. Sometimes truth hurts, doesn't it? You need family and friends alongside people you trust who will help you out when you have blinders on and they just see that you're like going down the wrong road. Don't get mad at them. They love you. That's why they're trying to help you. Amen? You see, again, we we justify, well, I just can't help it. I got these faults. Everyone has faults. Some of them can be corrected. Some of them, with a little love, with a little help, with a little self-discipline on your life, they can be overcome. Amen? And you see, every time, listen, every time you and I offer an excuse, we just fortify that stronghold. Hey, hey, man, get off my thing because you have this problem. You just fortified that stronghold even more. And we love the spotlight. Well, I got problems, but boy, you got problems. Mm-hmm. Right? You just fortified that stronghold some more in your life, and you allowed the devil to have his way in that area. So how do you weigh, how do you do it? Here it is. This is the good way out. Jesus will set you free. 1 Corinthians ten thirteen. No temptation to seize you except what is common to man, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. Isn't that awesome? But when tempted, He will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under Isn't that awesome? The world says, no, you've always been an alcoholic. You will always be an alcoholic until you die. The Bible says, no, I will make a way out for you. There is a door out. Well, you don't understand, Pastor. And our family has this preposition to greed. And I'm always going to be... No, God says, but I will always make a way out. You, you label whatever sin or weakness you have, and God always says, I make a way out. God can set you free. See, God is more powerful than the ways of the world. Amen? Are you hearing this today? You see, a lot of times we, we like, well, a lot of times we get sorry we're caught. And that's not true repentance. You have to repent. This is one of the ways to break strongholds, is repentance. Real repentance. God, I am sorry. Not that I get caught, but I'm sorry this is sin. I'm sorry I'm feeding this. I'm sorry this is, I'm allowing this to destroy my life. Second Corinthians 7.10 it says godly sorrow brings repentance but that leads to uh, salvation and leaves no regret but worldly sorrow brings death. If you keep covering up oh I'm sorry I got caught it's going to eventually lead to death. Allow God to clean it out. I, I want to read this prayer to you. I have it. Can you post it up? This is a prayer of repentance. In fact I'm going to take a drink. I just want everyone to repeat after me. Or follow the prayer. We'll try to get in the right cadence. Okay, ready? Heavenly Father. Just read it together. There are areas in my life, you name them later, that I have not fully surrendered to my Lord. Everyone read with me. Jesus Christ. Lord, forgive me of compromise. I also thank you for courage to approach the pulling down of strongholds without reluctance or willful deception in my heart. By the power of the Spirit, And in the name of Jesus, I bind satanic affluences that were reinforcing compromise and sin within me. I submit myself to the light of the spirit of truth to expose the strongholds of sin within me. By the mighty weapons of the spirit and the word, I proclaim that each stronghold in my life is coming down. I purpose by the grace of God to have only one stronghold within me, the stronghold of the presence of Christ. I thank you, Lord, for forgiving and cleansing me from all my sins. And by the grace of God, I commit myself to follow through in this area until even the ruins of this stronghold are removed from my mind. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope you made that prayer right. I might have a typo. I just saw a typo. Sorry. So i me move on. Number two, delivering your mind from bondage. I want to give these to you before we go. Letter A. Write this down. Jesus is our Deliverer. Jesus is our Deliverer. Let me just read this to you. Luke 4:18 through 19 The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery sight for the blind to release the oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord's favor. Jesus, listen to this. Jesus can completely deliver us from sin, hell, and death. Amen? Amen. Jesus can completely deliver us from Satan and the world system. Amen? Jesus can completely deliver us for ourselves, from strongholds that we allow in our lives. Amen? So here it is, let it be, taking captive every thought. Here's a couple things, how to take captive every thought. It's important to know the strongholds that you're allowing. Sometimes we, we just subconsciously, just, we don't know what they are, but they're there. We, we allow them to, to hold up. You've gotta name those strongholds. And, and if you don't know, say, God revealed to me some of these strongholds, and help me not to have them in my, my life. Amen? Then you've got to address them. Say, Father, that stronghold of fear, that stronghold of lust, that stronghold of suspicion, or stronghold of depression. Lord, I speak to that and I curse it. I command it to be gone in the name of Jesus. Do you see what I'm saying? You see, the devil is trying to throw these things at you and tell you you're sick, and God says, I can free you of these things. But you have to take captive every thought and make it say, no, that thought is not from God. When those thoughts are not from God, you just got to rebuke it. So that's not from God. I rebuke that thought. Amen. And say so I take captive that thought and I make it submit to God. You got to ready your mind. You got to take control of your thinking. Again, you have to you have to monitor what you what you bring into your mind by watching on the TV. i you know I know I, I pastor your old fuddy-duddy. Get off it because it's such a mind controlling object that the devil uses it every day. You be in charge of what you think about. It. Amen. Take captive every thought. Um, Write down Ephesians 4, 17-24. I don't have time to read it, but you need to write this down. Ephesians four seventeen 17-24. The devil tries to darken us. You've got to take control of your thoughts. Amen? Let me talk about this letter C. Defeating the stronghold of failure. Defeating the stronghold of failure. God wants you to win. Amen? Come on. God wants you to win. You are more than a conqueror. Now, there are going to be days when you trip. There are going to be days when you fall down. There are going to be days when God holds you back from winning it all. But the enemy wants you to be destroyed. He wants you to think you're a failure. You're not a failure. Amen? You must repent of that. If you say, well, I'm always a failure, you've got to repent from that. You're not a failure. Come on, say, I am not a failure. I am a child of God. You will fail. You will make mistakes, but you only learn when you say, I'm not a failure. That doesn't, that doesn't define who I am. I am a child of God. And I've been called here to help you be free of this. This is a struggle. This is a stronghold in this area. Is this mindset. Oh well, I'm a failure. Take captive that thought and repent of it. And memorize Philippians 4-7. It says, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Do you see that? Whenever you think, I'm a failure, say no. Philippians four seven says, "I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me." Do you understand what I'm saying? When your boss says you're a loser, when your family says you're a loser, when the world says you're a loser, say, "No, I am a child of God. I'm a friend of God, and I can do all things through Christ Jesus." Amen. You need to believe that. Well, I'm just a sinner. No, you're not a sinner anymore. If you are a Christian, you've been redeemed. You are not a sinner. You're a saint. Some of you don't believe that. Saints, well, saints are people that died 500 years ago. No, the Bible is very clear. Saints are those, but also living saints. Because you've been sanctified by the blood of Jesus Christ, you are a saint. Not all your thoughts are sainthood. Not all your actions are saintful, but God has made you a saint. And you can't go around, I'm just a sinner, I'm just a sinner. That's exactly what the devil wants you to think, because then you'll fall into sin every time. You're still going to sin, you're still going to make mistakes, but you're not defined by that. First John 1.9 says that if, if we confess our sins, Jesus is faithful to cleanse us of our sins and our unrighteousness. you see what I'm saying? Yes. Say, sin doesn't have a hold on me anymore. I'm, I'm a child of God and Romans talks about that. You need to read that. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. Salvation. Yes, amen. Salvation is a continual transformation. Many of us think, I got saved. I said the prayer of salvation. I'm saved. Yes, you were. But now it's a continual growth in God every day until you meet Jesus face to face. Amen. Letter D, destroying the stronghold of fear. Fear is one of the greatest strongholds that Satan uses on all mankind. You may think, well, what if I fail at this endeavor? That's what the devil wants you to think. Remember I talked about that in junior high? I, was, I thought I, I can never beat anyone until I finally realized, I, I wish you know, and I, wish I would have realized earlier that I could have beat more people if I would have just believed in myself and thought I'm not going to fail. I'm, I don't have to be fearful of that other guy, that other person. You see, fear is is such a thing, it destroys churches. uh, Pastor Lawrence talked about that, giving. Some of us are fearful of giving. Amen. You're fearful of serving. You're fearful of responsibility. I hear people say, well, I, I just, I don't want to do that. I just want to be, I want to be a worker bee. And you're fearful of responsibility. And maybe God's saying, I could really bless your life, but because you just want to be a worker bee, so be it. I, I wanted you to be over this, this department, or this section, or this lab, or I wanted to give you greater responsibility in the church, but because you just want a worker bee, fear is controlling your life. Do you hear what I'm saying? There are too many Christians that are, well, I just don't have time. Do you, have, do you know that there's only 24 hours in the day? And unless you got like this secret pathway, this transwarp drive that opens up another door for more hours, everyone has the same... So, so that's a fear thing. Well, I, I don't have time for that. Hey, everyone has time. You just choose how to use that time. You're using that as an excuse. That's fear. Well, I don't want to get too involved. And I don't have time for that ministry. I don't, I don't have time to reach out to my friends. That's fear. Come on, Amen? Silence is also sometimes can be fearful. When you sit back, I don't want, I don't want to do it. You know, and you know you can do it. You ever been in a room and they say, we need someone to help out, and you know you're the only one in the room that can do that, but you're like this. (whistles) Oh, I got a text message. I better go. Oh, I got to answer this, you know. That's fear. You see, God has put you on this earth because you have this gift that the world is waiting on. The church is waiting on your gift, and you're like, I'm fearful. What if I fail? Get back up. What if I trip? Get back up. What if I make a mistake? Get back up. Whatever excuse you're going to say, I'm going to just keep saying get back. What if I kill? What if I break my legs? Then I'll help you get back up. Do you see what I'm saying? Don't live in fear, man. Well, what if the economy fails? What if there's a zombie? I know I love talking about that. The zombie apocalypse. What, what if, what if, what if? That is fear. Fear is not of the Lord. Come on, amen? I'm I'm tired of this church living in fear. I'm tired of you living in fear of the world, the economy, politics. you got to stop. This is good preaching. Do you think this bugs me? Yes. This church could go a little bit further if we broke the spirit of fear. You could go further in your life if you broke the spirit of fear. Pastor, you're not God. I know that. But I'm his messenger and I'm trying to help you break the spirit of fear because that's what the devil... The devil's been controlling the church in America with the spirit of fear. He's been controlling this church with the spirit of fear. And until we say, you know, I rebuke that spirit of fear, we're going to be in bondage to that fear all the time because the Bible says perfect love casts out all fear. And you are loved by God and you're not going to fail all the time. Amen? Good preaching. Let me move on so we can be done because I have to give this all to you. Because your football team's not even playing until later, right? And who cares? Amen. Don't, you got to be delivered from that pigskin stuff. I don't know what, what people all love about that thing. Number three. Three sources of strongholds. There's a couple more, but there's three main ones I want to talk about. The first source is the world. I've already talked about that, but I've got to talk about it just for a few more minutes. Again, there's a steady stream of information that the world wants you to digest and wants you to become. We really are what we eat physically, socially, intellectually. You are what you eat. Garbage in, garbage out. World in, world out. God in, God out. You see what I'm saying? You control what comes in and out of your mind and comes to your thought. You need to check things that are not of the Word of God. Amen? You see, there are three or four generations in this world that do not believe in the Word of God anymore because they have been told by the world, this is just a fairy tale. This stuff is just made up by a bunch of white men in the middle in the middle ages. No, it was made up by God through men who wrote it over a 300 year period. It's amazing. You've got to accept it as the word of God. And so, in fact, and I remember growing up, sometimes you you would hear about, and I, I try to co- try to correct myself. Is you know we, we grew up in, in Sunday school class or children's church. Hey, we're going to hear the story of. Whenever you someone say the story, what makes you? What do you think? It's not real. And so if you're teaching and you... Well, and so so that word got put into the church vernacular. Now we say, let me tell you about the story of Noah. Let me tell you about the story of of Moses, the story about Jesus. In other words, we're saying, these are just fake stories. we got to say, no, the account of, the true account of, the true history of... And you see, now we have three generations that have... Some people have never, can you please, have never read the Bible. I meet people daily that have never opened a Bible... And it's because we've allowed the world to allow us to, to not defend it like we should, or teach it, or preach it, or, or tell our kids that this is the only word of God. This Bible is true. There are no faults. There are no lies. Amen? You see, we have all other stuff that comes in here. And I'm just going to go for a second. Can I do this? One example of another stronghold is astrology. Christians, you should never, ever, ever, never, 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 let me emphasize that one more time, never get into astrology. Number one, because God says, I forbid it. He forbids it. But number two, because it gives you, it tells you how you live your life. Did you know that? When you say, oh, what's my, what's my horoscope say today? Oh, oh, you're going to fail. Guess what you just did? You set yourself up for failure. I mean, some of those things, well, I could write those. You're going to meet someone today. Whoa, that's real. Yeah, every day I meet someone. Hey you're gonna do this. Yeah, I do that every day. But you see, we have generations of people. What's my horoscope say? Oh, I'm a and I don't even in fact I don't even know the zodiac signs anymore. I try to get them out of my mind because, because even if you read the zodiac, if you're a so-and-so, you're gonna do this. This is gonna just now fell into the form of the world. God already put a purpose in your life, it's not a zodiac sign. Good preaching. Amen. And by the way, you shouldn't go to seances or play the Ouija board or all that other junk, right? That's, that's just extra. That's free. Thank the Lord later for that, okay? Cast systems, social strata, racism, political parties even tell us who we are. You're not owned by those things. You're a child of God, amen? Our goal must that our, our lives must be in conformity to Jesus Christ, Amen? 2 Corinthians 5.17, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. Amen? Letter B. The second source of some strongholds are our experiences. Some of you have had some horrific experiences in the past. There are things that have have happened in my life that I say, God, I don't ever want to remember that ever again. And sometimes they they, they resurface, but I I said, Lord, I, I don't want to think about that anymore. And I didn't have, I mean, yes, I had a tough life from there. But nothing compared to other people that I know. But the problem is, sometimes those experiences, good and bad, can govern the way we relate to the future. For instance, if you had a problem, and, and, and let me tell you this, okay? I, I was one time working with a, a group of teenagers that were that were in a detention center. And if you haven't figured this out, I'm half Korean, okay? And I'm grateful for all people. I love, I do, I love all people, all nations, all tribes, I love all people. And so I'm, I'm in there and, and I'm talking about this Bible study to this kid and I'm, and I'm telling this kid, and I've used this example before years ago, and, and this was a long time ago, and I was talking to this kid about Jesus and, and he's sitting there, he's like, look at he's checking me out. And I know, I know what he's doing. And he says to me, are you Asian? I said, no, I'm, I'm a half-breed. You know, I'm, I'm half. I'm a human. I'm a human being. Okay, you cut me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bleed red. He says, "You're Asian, aren't you?" I said, "My mom was Korean." Oh, I knew it. I knew it. My dad says all Koreans are lazy. My dad says you can't trust Koreans, so I'm not going to trust you. So I said, "Dude," I said, "You are just," and I, I had to go, walk back and say, "Listen, man," I said, "That's not true. I'm not lazy. Ask my boss. Ask my wife. Well, there might be some guy lay that purposely, you know, the honey do list, right?" But I said, you just labeled me, man. What if I said that about your race? All blank people are blank. He said, man, that's not care. I said, you just did that to me. Because your dad has a preconceived notion, and maybe he knew a couple lazy people that were Koreans. And you see how racism works? It tells us to say all black people are, all white people are, all Asians are, all Latinos are. All, and it, No, it's not true. But do you see what happens? When you label and you fall into that, you, you allow the devil to tell you how to live and how to, live, how to work with people or not work with them. Amen? Past experiences are not always good for your mindset. Do you hear me? You must allow God to shape them. Let God be true and every man a liar. Romans 3.4 says that. Who is ruling your life? God or your experiences? Amen? Experiences can be good and bad, okay? Like, for instance, if you put your finger on a burning stove, you hopefully will learn never to do that again. That's a good learning experience. Amen? Experiences may be valid, but if they're not checked with God's Word, they're not checked with the experiences and the purpose of God, they can pull you down. They can weigh you down. Amen? I'm getting down to the end. The third source is the stronghold of wrong doctrine. Oh, I wish I had two days to talk about this. Thank you that you're going to stay for another day. Awesome. I'll shorten it down to one day. Matthew 24, 4, Jesus answered, Watch out that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, claiming I am the Christ, and will deceive many. You must check every teaching from a pastor, including me, on TV, on the radio, you must check it against this thing right here in my hand. I have right here in my hand the Bible. Every teaching that I preach and teach, you better check it out right here. Every teaching and preaching that we teach you in Sunday school class and children's church and youth group, every teaching that you hear on TV or the radio another church you go to, you better check it out with what? This half's got it. You better check it out with what? Everybody say the Bible. You see, the Bible is the ultimate truth. It is the ultimate Word of God. Amen? You must teach to have every everything that you do, spiritual experiences, manifestation. I love the manifestations of the Spirit. I love them to happen. But sometimes the manifestations of the Spirits overcome the Word of God. People worship angels and they worship people that are these superstar Pentecostal charismatic people. And they forget about who, who gifted them for that. Amen? Or this phenomenal preacher, teacher who can bring truths that you maybe never even knew of, but they begin to worship that person. They begin to put that person above the Word of God. They begin to put that person above what God wants to do. You see, you and I have to check them out with the Word of God. As much as you love a particular teacher, a pastor, a Bible teacher, an evangelist, we must seek the Lord to confirm any questionable doctrines. You see, the Bible talks about that. In the end days, many will come in my name. I hate to say this, but not everyone who says they're a Christian really is a Christian. Jesus said you will know them by their works, by their fruits, by their love for one another. And Jesus said if you you obey me, you'll keep my commands. If they're not keeping the, the commands of God, then they're not a Christian. So what the Bible says. Not Stan Nelson. Amen? If this person's teaching does not lead you into Christ's love, His holiness, His power, then you need to get away from them. This church or this party or this thing that you're watching or this... If it's leading you away from Christ, then you need to get away from it. Amen? I love. It annoys me how politicians love to use scriptures and, and say that just to get people to be sucked into what they want us to do. They might quote scripture, but if it's ungodly, you do not need to follow that. Amen. The next thing, Christians don't get your theology from Facebook. Oh my goodness! Or the internet. Come on, Twitter. All those. All those other media's you need to know that the Bible is the truth. Amen? Don't believe it. I know I said that. God doesn't contradict you. God doesn't have confusing teachings. And I've got to talk about it just for a few minutes because this is what something God wanted me to talk about. The Bible is true. Amen? In fact, in 1 Corinthians, I want you to write this down and maybe turn there with me. 1 Corinthians 6, 9. This was extra. This came to me this morning. 1 Corinthians 6:9. As I was just looking over the sermon, I want I want you to hear this. Okay, this is not because I'm mean, not because I'm hateful, but it's so we can clarify. 1 Corinthians 6:9. 1 Corinthians 6:9. I'm going to read it. If you're there, great. If you're not, just write it down or, or find it. 1 Corinthians 6:9. Do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor uh, adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders. Let me read verse verse 10. Nor thieves nor the greedy nor drunkards nor slanderers nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. This is in the word of God. This is not Stan Nelson. This is not hate mongers. This is the word of God. You see we we have had the world system tell us that you can do all these things and if and whoever opposes some of them you're a hater. Did you know you can still love someone and not agree with them? You don't have to accept their lifestyle. You can say, I accept you as a person. And if you want to do that, sure, you can do that. You have free will. But it doesn't make it right. Well, you're not my judge. No, God is our judge. The Bible is our judge. And it's hard, I know, because they make it sound like you're a hater. Oh, you you, you don't want me to have equal rights? You don't want me to have a life? I never said that. But here's what the Word of God says. And the truth will set you free. Especially with this, well, Jesus, well, that wasn't Jesus. Okay, let's go back to this again. Okay, I used this a couple weeks ago. John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word is God. Then John chapter 1, 14, Jesus said that the Word became flesh, Jesus. And so, in other words, Jesus, when He came to the earth, because there's lots of things. Well, Jesus didn't talk about abortion. Jesus didn't talk about politics. Jesus didn't talk about homosexuality. Yes, He did in His Word, which He is the Word of God. John 1, one: 1. Jesus said... Jesus said, I become flesh. Right? In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. And the Word became flesh. That flesh was Jesus. So Jesus is the Word of God. And if it's in the Old Testament or the New Testament, therefore Jesus said it through another person. And they use it. Well, Jesus never said that. He never said that. He never said that. He did in the Word of God. And you can't just pick and choose. I can't just say, I don't like that. You can't do that. It's either all the Word of God or none of the Word of God. Do you see what I'm saying? I don't hate people. I just want us to be free. I want you to think with the spiritual mind. Amen? Wait, i got some other notes on here. i got to make sure I get all these notes that God wrote me, wrote me down. You see, there's another person, and I, I'm not trying to single them out, but there's another person who we recently seen fall away from, from the true gospel. And this preacher's name is Rob Bell. He's, he's, he's become a universalist. A universalist basically means it doesn't matter what you believe at the end of the day, you're still going to make it to heaven. Jesus said in John 14, I am the way, the truth, and the light. No man comes to the Father except through Jesus Christ, through me. So if Jesus said that, then who is he to say that doesn't matter anymore? And his mind says, well, hey, you know, we've progressed and and, and I, I'm a progressive theology the, theologian. Be fearful of that. What that means is we're progressing, we're learning, we're evolving, we're becoming smarter and more acceptable and therefore God must become like us. No, we must become like God. God doesn't change to our likings, we change to His ways. And this is what He's fallen into. He's, he's calling us, this, well, hey, it doesn't matter, God doesn't judge you. Well, yes, He does. He will judge every person for what they did and what they did not do. And this quest for knowledge and this quest for knowledge and the acceptance has led him astray. I can still accept someone even though they don't agree with me. I don't have to hate them, I can still accept them for who they are and just say, I don't agree with what you do, but I still love you. That takes more love than to just say, hey, you can do what you want. That's not love. Amen? You see, the Word says God is love. And therefore, if God is love and Jesus is the Word of God, then Jesus is love. Jesus said, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Word also says, God says, I don't change. I never change. God says, I am not the author of confusion. Do you see what I'm saying? Let me read this last thing to you. We're going to be done. I know it went over, but you needed to hear this today. Colossians two eighteen through 19 do not let anyone who, del- who delights in false humility or false teachings and the worship of angels disqualify you for the prize. For such a person goes into great detail about what he has seen. His spiritual mind puffs him up and with idle notions. He is lost, listen, he has lost connection with the head, who is Jesus, from whom the whole body supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews grows as God causes it to grow. And remember that, John 15. If the branch gets separated from the... the the vine from the trunk, what happens to it? It dies. And when we begin to say, I'm smarter than all of you, I'm smarter than God, then you begin to get separated from the head. Who is the head? Jesus. Jesus is the head of the church. You have to take control of your thinking through the Word of God. Would you stand with me this morning? Here's what I want to do. I want you to to respond to the Word of God. Some of you need to respond right now. Say, man, God, I need to get control of my thinking. Come on, say, come on, just just start speaking out to God. Help me to to get control of my thinking. Lord, get rid of these fears, these depressions, this oppression, this this feeling of inadequacy, uh, uh, this feeling that I'm nobody. That's a lie from the devil. You are somebody through Christ Jesus. Father, help us to take control of our minds by putting our thoughts in submission to Jesus Christ. Amen? Father, there are some in this room. They need to confess. All of us really probably need to confess that there are strongholds in our lives. Would you just begin to confess it quietly to Him? Come on, just quietly. I'm going to turn my microphone off. Father, Father, we have confessed our strongholds. We already said a prayer in the message, but Lord, deliver us from evil strongholds. Deliver us from strongholds of the flesh. Deliver us from, from satanic strongholds. Deliver us from worldly strongholds that are keeping us back from having the best life that we could ever have. Because Lawrence said earlier, you cannot, God, you cannot and you will not bless disobedience. And so, Father, we submit our rebellion to you. We submit this indiscretion to you. We submit this sin to you. We submit this wrong thinking to you that you will deliver us because it says to be renewed in the thinking of our mind through Christ Jesus, to be transformed, Would you transform our thinking, Father? Would you liberate us from bad thinking that tells us we can't when we can? Would you deliver us from fear? Lord, would you deliver us from from making excuses, God? They're just excuses. And you, Lord, you don't always like our excuses. You are patient. You are loving. God, everyone in here has the same amount of time. We all have the same amount of days. There's no one with more days or less days. We all have the same amount of days. And Father, let us stop making excuses and start prioritizing our lives. Help us to have a spiritual growth plan this year. Let us turn off the TV. Turn off the internet. Stop hanging around uh, distracting people and start hanging on people that that are godly. Yes, let us be with the lost and win them, but let them not destroy who we are. And Father, if we've been confused by wrong teaching, remove that. If we had a horrible experience when we were children or last year or yesterday, would you help us to be free of that experience? Because it says if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. Would you bring the new today? New thinking, creative thinking, faithful thinking, faith of overcoming. Lord, would You allow that to be in the mind of every person here? God, let us stop being in fear of the economy, in the fear of terrorism, in the fear of politics, in the fear of some d- disease. Lord, You overcome all those things. You are God. Every high thing must come down. Every stronghold shall be broken in the name of Jesus I speak to all the strongholds that are not of God. I rebuke them. I command them to be fallen. I command them to be disintegrated. I command them to go away in every person's mind, every person's thought, every person's flesh. In the name of Jesus, would you free this church? Would you free this pastor? Would you free these people of anything that's holding us back from being the church and the people and the saints of God that you want us to be, God? Now, Lord, send us forward in our giving, in our worship, in our outreach, in our, in our lives, God, that you would free us of all the fears. Your word says that there are still some struggling in their giving of the tithes, that you says that, it says that my God will supply all my needs according to His riches and glory. Your riches never run out, God, so let them hear that. And so, Lord, if they're fearful of failing, then Lord, they have to get up, they have to try. If they have failed, let them get up again and try in the name of Jesus. Because we are overcomers. Greater is He that is in us than he that is in the world. You, God, are greater. And Father, deliver us from getting up.